Back in the day, people used to write books on typewriters. Editing was hard. Getting feedback was hard. Submitting the manuscript to publishers was hard. Before copy machines, you had to retype the whole book just to have a backup in case the copy you sent to the publisher was lost in the mail. Then WordPerfect came out and all of this changed. Now you could print a second copy of your manuscript just as easily as you printed the first. Yes, you had to tear off the little ribbon on the dot matrix printer, but it also had a spell checker. You could get feedback on your manuscript with track changes. The word processor made writing a book easier, and this allowed more people to write books. And suddenly, within just a couple of decades, the number of books published each year went from being measured in the thousands to being measured in the millions. The word processor also changed the expectation of publishers and readers alike. They both started to expect higher levels of quality, and there was less forgiveness for misspellings and typos. Authors who resisted the shift to word processors were eventually replaced by word processor users. Back in 1982, if you used a word processor, you had a big advantage over almost every other author. But by 1992, publishers expected word processor quality. But you could still get by with a typewriter if you were willing to work harder than everyone else. But by 2002, if you were not using Microsoft Word with track changes, no publisher would work with you. So why this history lesson? Well, because what happened to the typewriter is happening again. This time with AI. AI tools for authors are here, finally. Uh, the writers using them have an advantage, just like the word processor users of the 1980s. If you want to stay competitive as a professional author, you will eventually start using these tools. <laughs> but if you switch now, you will get an edge that could give you the difference between success and failure. So you might as well switch now rather than wait till your chance for an advantage goes away. But I hear you asking, what is AI? What are the tools you're talking about? And how can I use them to write better, faster? And can I even use them to sell more books? Learn the answers to those questions and more in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a living with writing worth talking about. So what is AI? AI stands for artificial intelligence. And the problem with that term is that the only thing you know about it is likely from the movies, which are wrong. <laughs> if all you know about AI is HAL 9000, it's easier for the media to scare you with their narrative. But really, the autocomplete on your phone is AI, and that's not going to open the pod bay doors on you. It's easy to ingest a worldview from the media without really thinking about it. So let's think about it. Let's spend the rest of this episode thinking about it on purpose. The absolute worst thing we could do about AI is ignore it because it makes us uncomfortable. We need to make informed decisions. So what is AI? It's the use of neural networks and machine learning to make software work better. It helps software do what it was already doing, but do it better. It makes the spell check better. It makes the transcriptions better. It's the same tools as before, just better, or sometimes dramatically better. The way I like to think of it is AI is a power tool, like a powered drill or a powered lawnmower. 
They don't replace the need for human in the creation process. Using an AI tool is like going from using a screwdriver to using an electric drill. It takes time to learn how to use an electric drill. Using an electric drill is a little bit more complicated than using a screwdriver. But once you do learn how to use a drill, you're a lot more efficient. I've noticed watching handymen work that they rarely reach for the screwdriver. They reach for the drill far more often than I would. I'm less skilled. I'll admit it. There's a reason why I hire handymen, and I'm more likely to go with the trusty screwdriver. But the professionals who charge by the hour know that they can make more per hour if they do more per hour, and doing more per hour means using powered tools. If you want to be a professional writer, you need that same professional perspective of a handyman. Don't complain that the newfangled drills aren't as good as the old drills, you know, that you had to twist with your hand that the new lawnmowers are worse than the old lawnmowers that were powered by you. Also, as you're about to learn, there are a bunch of different kinds of AI tools. So it's more like a whole tool belt full of tools to help you with your writing. There are AI tools for just about every step in the writing process. But you don't have to use them all, don't worry. (laughs) And you're still the one guiding the process and deciding when to listen to the AI and what to do with the feedback that you receive. Or perhaps another metaphor that might help. AI is like a sewing machine. It may be moving the needle, but you're the one guiding the cloth and determining what to make. So enough introduction. Let's talk about some specific AI tools you can use during the writing process, starting with AI character creation. Let's say you need to add a character to your story. What does she look like? This is a question AI can help you with. Art Breeder and MidJourney are both AI tools you can use to create photos or drawings of people who do not exist. Some authors use these tools like a casting director to keep their characters straight. They can also brighten up your descriptions as you have a more specific reference to use when you're describing someone. And I'll have a specific AI-generated image in the show notes for this episode that you can look at. This is a person who does not exist, and the photo was generated with Art Breeder. In fact, you can fiddle with it. You can make her older, younger. You can change her hair color. You can change her race, and you can do this by mixing in other photos. Uh, You could even take this image and another image of a man and generate a photo of what their child might look like. (laughs) It's uh, surprisingly fun to play with, although I'll warn you, uh, it's a rabbit hole. You can get lost here for hours fiddling (laughs) with breeding different uh, photographs together to see what you can come up with. It's a lot of fun to play with. Now, if you want something really easy, just go to www.thispersondoesnotexist.com. Each time you refresh the page, you'll see a new photo, quote unquote, of a completely AI-generated person. You can also use AI for scene creation. Both Art Breeder and MidJourney also create pictures of scenes and settings. You could do a fantasy setting if you wanted or a fantasy castle. So you can use them to help you spice up your settings. So to test this out, I went to writersdigest.com and grabbed the first writer's prompt I could find. It was, someone is stealing from the booths at the local market. And I ran that prompt through MidJourney, an AI image creator. So I copy and pasted that prompt into MidJourney and just said, make me an image. (laughs) It was surprisingly easy once I signed up. And it generated four stunning paintings of somebody stealing at a local writer's market. (laughs) Now, if I were to describe this with words as an author, the words would very quickly start flying because it's giving me a setting. And maybe I don't like that setting, but it's helping me crystallize what I do want the setting to be. 
or maybe I'll feed in slightly different words if I was actually using this as an author and rather as a podcaster testing it out. I feed it different words and get a different setting. It becomes this really fun, kind of playful brainstorming tool. It's really worth checking out. You can do it for free. Midjourney allows you to generate, I think, 30 images for free. And uh, at first, you're kind of slow to do it, but then you start fiddling. You're like, oh, what if I add this word? What if I add this word? And you get totally different images. That's really a lot of fun. One of our Obscure No More students built her an entire book cover for her reader magnet using nothing but Midjourney and other AI tools. I don't recommend this yet for a book you plan to sell on Amazon. I recommend getting a real professional to do your typography. But for a reader magnet, this is an easy way to get illustrations. And if you're curious to learn more about the AI cover design, Derek Murphy has an excellent blog post with more info. He's generated, I don't know, dozens and dozens of images that he intersperses throughout that blog post. It's really excellent. All right. So now let's talk about AI for outlining. AI can help you generate an outline for your novel. And there's a website, subtext.app. And I'll say almost every one of the tools I'll be referencing in this podcast is not spelled the way that you would think it's spelled. So I know I'm always saying go to the show notes to see the links, but this one you really are going to need to go to the show notes to see the links. It's like social media all over again. Back in the early days of Twitter, Twitter was missing one of its E's. It's the same way with AI tools. So just go to authormedia.com slash 337. Every tool I'm talking about, I have a link. And some of them I have affiliate links for. Uh, but anyway, subtext.app, which is S-U-B-T-X-T dot A-P-P, is an intelligent outliner built specifically for authors and screenwriters. You give it the theme of your book, something like greed leads to self-destruction, and then it generates a story outline for each scene following various outline best practices. This doesn't replace you. You will still need to go in and guide the outline. But like a power tool, this takes some of the hard work out of generating the outline, especially generating the rough draft of the outline. For a lot of people, the blank page is very intimidating. So having something there that's kind of sort of close is sometimes way better than having nothing there at all. Now, I'll say to use this tool, you'll need to understand the fundamentals of story structure and have a message or theme you want to convey in your story. So this doesn't work in kind of vapid, hollow stories. And you are going to need to know the hero's journey and the difference between the first act and the second act. I will say subtext.app seems to have a lot of training materials. They have a lot of YouTube videos. And a lot of those YouTube videos aren't as much teaching you the app, although they are, but they're also teaching you kind of fundamentals of plotting and structure. So if you don't know what the hero's journey is, if if you couldn't draw it out, you may need to study the hero's journey a little bit more. And I think that's actually a feature, not a bug of a tool like this. Just like with any power tool on a construction project or a repair project, you need to understand the principles of framing a house. So sure, you've got this gun that can hammer in a nail with one squeeze of the trigger, but you still have to know where the nails need to go. (laughs) So uh, subtext.app looks like a really cool tool for generating outlines, especially if you're the kind of person who is tempted to skip the outlining step of your book. All right, now let's talk about creating the rough draft of your story. And yes, AI can generate a rough draft of your story. To demonstrate this, I took that same Writer's Digest prompt about someone stealing booth at the local market, and I fed it to the AI writer that I personally use, which is writer.me, R-Y-T-R dot M-E. Yes, you're going to need to go to the show notes to find the links for these tools. And I'm going to have an AI voice share the very first story it started generating. 
The townspeople are whispering in the streets that there is a thief at the market, one who takes small trinkets and sets off silent alarms. The town merchants are on pins and needles when they see their booths ransacked. The nighttime is barren and lonely, though the townspeople are clamoring for protection and security measures. A disgraced detective has been tasked with catching this thief, but she's never before seen a thief with such cunning. Surely they're only trying to scare the merchants off of their property, but why would they risk everything for a few trinkets? They've lost some of the most valuable and treasured items in their inventory. The detective speaks to all of the merchants in the area and learns that it's happened more than once, but not enough to fully understand this new thief. There's no pattern to be found, no thread that connects these events together unless, unless. Now, I could have had the AI continue, but could you see yourself working with that start to develop the story and taking it from there? This is a great way to get unstuck. Or if you're unsure what to do next, see options of where you could go next. And when I say options, I really mean options. A writer generated three different stories from that same prompt. So here is the second story, and I want you to notice how different it is from the first one. As I walked through the farmer's market, I noticed something was off. It seems as though people had been stealing from booths lately. And it's not like we don't have enough problems with people coming in here to try and take advantage of our vendors. I needed to figure out who was doing it if I was going to stop them before too much damage is done. I put on my detective hat and surveyed all the booths, checking for any security camera footage or evidence left behind. The one thing that seemed odd was that none of the food vendors seemed to have had anything taken from them which didn't make sense as most people steal food items for themselves or for resale purposes. I noticed one booth that had a high-quality video camera installed and made a mental note to head over there first when. I share this second example as well because this is one of the ways you can use AI tools. You can feed it the same prompt or the same input several times in a row, exact same input, and you'll get several different outputs back. It's kind of like you're a teacher and you give a whole class a writing prompt. You're going to get a bunch of different stories from the different students there, except in this case, the students are all little AI writers. Or you can feed in slightly different prompts and see what answers you get back. Just like with the mid-journey tool, you can do the same thing with text. If you're the kind of writer who's much better at editing than drafting, a tool like Writer could be a game changer. And here's the crazy part. Writer is a tool primarily for writing blog posts and podcast questions. Yes, it generates podcast questions. In fact, I have asked questions on the show that were generated by the AI. <laughs> I use these tools myself. My writer also can generate ad copy for uh, Amazon ads or Facebook ads. Writing fiction is a side gig for writer. It's something that they added on at the very last minute, just kind of on a whim. I used it because it's what I have and it's what I'm familiar with. But there are tools like PseudoWrite that are designed specifically for novelists. It not only creates rough drafts like what I just demonstrated using writer, but it has a show don't tell button. <laughs> so if you have a paragraph where you've been doing too much telling and not enough showing, you just highlight the paragraph, click the description button, and it will generate beautiful descriptions for you using all five sentences. And it'll actually generate five different descriptions, or at least five different descriptions for each sense, which is really useful. Because if, if I were writing a novel, I don't have a sense of smell. This is not super well known about me, but I can only smell a handful of things and I can only smell them inconsistently. And so my writing would be very easily devoid of any smells. But if I were using pseudo write, I could very easily get ideas for smells to include 
in my writing or taste or, or touch or what have you. It even has a, a sixth metaphors section if you want to be more literary with your writing. You can think of this as a super thesaurus in some ways. Another thing that pseudo writer does, or pseudo write rather, uh, you highlight the text and it has a rewrite button where it will rewrite that whole paragraph using different words, uh, which can be an, another really good way to get you out of your funk or get you unstuck. You can have it take your story in different directions and see which ones you want to play with. And I'm just scratching the surface here on some of the things pseudo write can do. I'm hoping to have a whole episode just on this one tool soon. Another tool along the same lines is Novel AI. This is a little bit more complex tool. Uh, it's for people who want to control things like phrase bias, band tokens, and context. Uh, but if you've been wanting to play around with GPT Neo without having to learn how to code AI frameworks, Novel AI may be worth checking out because it's a no code version of GPT Neo, but it's still it's pretty t- technical. You'll need to have studied at least a little bit of machine learning to get the most out of it. I will say the current version of Novel AI seems very beta. So if you're listening to this in the future, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a more refined, simpler version for you to play with. All right, so that's AI for the rough draft. But there's a whole other way that you can use AI to help you put together a rough draft. So instead of the AI writing the rough draft for you, you can just speak your rough draft and the AI writes it for you. (laughs) So this is called dictation, and it's one of the most ancient ways to write. In fact, Many of the epistles in the Bible were dictated. There was a whole job people had called an amanuensis who would write down the dictation in shorthand and then convert it into Greek or Latin or what have you. In fact, the actual amanuensis that Paul used in the Bible wrote his name down. (laughs) He's like, I who write this send you greetings as well in the last chapter of one of the books. So this is a very trusted way of writing books. Many of the books, especially in the Victorian era, were dictated, which is probably why the Victorian books are so long. So you don't have to hire an amanuensis anymore. You can hire an AI, which is way cheaper. The average typing speed is about 70 words per minute. The average talking speed is about 150 words a minute, although I suspect I talk closer to 200 words a minute. (laughs) So by switching from typing to dictation for your rough drafts, you could double the speed you write. But for many authors, they see more than a 2x increase for a couple of reasons. One, it's physically taxing on your hands to type at 70 words a minute for a whole hour or two or three hours, whereas you can talk for two or three hours, no problem. But secondly, and I think this is really key, when you're dictating, you can't edit. And so it keeps the editing and the drafting separated. And mixing those is like mixing iron and clay. It is the slowest way to write because you're moving from the creative side of your brain to the critical side of your brain. And it's just a really, really slow way to write. So of the authors who have really high output, they tend to draft and edit in very separated contexts. Even if it's just separated by lunch, (laughs) they, they keep it separated and dictating forces you to have that separation. And I will say dictation doesn't have to cost you any money. You already have dictation built into your operating system. Both Windows and Mac OS have free dictation tools built right in. So there's no need to pay for Dragon. In fact, Dragon's really pretty stupid to pay for because it's not 
any better than the free ones built into the operating systems. Now, if you want a tool that also captures the punctuation, so you don't have to say period at the end of every sentence, you're going to need to use an AI dictation tool. Yes, the Mac OS and Windows versions use kind of basic AI, but there are more advanced AI tools out there that will add the punctuation, even the paragraph breaks in for you. There's a bunch of tools out there. Two of the ones that I've tested are sonics.ai and rev.com. I was recently in a board meeting where we had a recorder. We just put the recorder in the middle of the table. The podcaster in me was dying inside. (laughs) But we were able to get a transcript of the whole board meeting with everyone correctly identified. Rev.com handled it. Rev.com has both a pure AI transcription and an AI plus humans transcription that's more money but is super highly accurate. So I've used both Sonics and Rev.com. I got affiliate links for both of them, but it's not what I currently use. I currently use Descript because it has some cool podcasting features built in. It allows me to edit the audio of my podcast as if I was editing a Word document. This is the tool we use to create the blog post versions of each episode. It also adds all of the punctuation and the paragraph breaks for me. So I really like Descript. And I also have an affiliate link for Descript. So if you're a podcaster or you're thinking about starting a podcast, I would definitely go with Descript. Otherwise, I would compare sonics.ai and rev.com. Just see which one you like best or which one handles your voice better. But I will say dictation really is the way to go if you want to increase the speed of your writing. Okay, so we've talked about a couple of different ways you can use AI for writing. Now let's talk about AI for editing. Starting with developmental editing. A developmental edit is an edit of the big picture of your story. It is focused on the characters and plot rather than the words and grammar. And there are tools for developmental AI. So authors.ai is a tool that generates a 30-page report about your book. It covers things like the emotions that your book hits, the pacing, overused phrases, frequency of adverbs and adjectives, cliches, inside book cliches. So it'll say, here are the phrases you use the most often. You use this phrase 68 times in your book. And so it's not a cliche in the general world, but you've overused that phrase. This is the sort of thing a developmental editor will point out. But authors.ai will tell you exactly how many times you use that phrase. And again, it does it without judgment. So you could say, no, I'm happy with my use of that phrase. Or you may be like, wow, I need a Find another way to describe that. It can even break down character personality traits. You can see how different your characters are from each other. And it has a cool chart that it gives you of the ratio of dialogue to narrative across your story. So it doesn't just give you a percentage saying your book is 40% dialogue, but it also shows you visually where the dialogue shows up in your book. So it has two versions of the report. It's got a free version that has some of those things, and it's got a paid version that I think costs around $50 at the time of this recording. And I will say, if you plan to traditionally publish your book, you're definitely going to want to get this. They have a product for publishing houses. And if I were running a publishing house, I would run every manuscript we were thinking about acquiring through a tool like this before we offered them a contract. So run it yourself. (laughs) Make sure you pass. It's kind of like the best drug dogs in the world are the ones owned by the cartels because they have their own drug dogs sniff their trucks before they send them through the border. Do the same for your manuscript. Get an AI review of your manuscript to make sure it's good. (laughs) Make sure there's no obvious red flags. And if you do this, you'll be much more likely to get that contract. And, you know, $50 for a developmental edit is very cheap. 
A developmental editor is not going to count every time you use the word very or give you a statistical breakdown of your book. But this report doesn't replace getting a developmental editor. <laughs> now, I will say if you are a developmental editor, using a tool like Authors AI could help you give better feedback to your clients. In fact, I could see bundling in the AI review along with your human review because they do look at it through a very different lens. The AI review is looking at it through a statistical lens, whereas uh, developmental editors tend to go more on hunches. So it's a really great compliment, I think. So that's developmental editing. Now let's talk about copy editing. If you're still using the default spell checker that came with your word processor, you are making life unnecessarily hard on yourself. You're also costing yourself a lot of money having a human do something that the machine can do just as well. Why have the spell checker check just the spelling when it could check for the entire Chicago Manual of Style, grammar and usage as well? Copy editing AI does not replace the need for a human copy editor, but it could save you money with your copy editor as you're able to fix most of the issues yourself before you send off the document for edits. Also, and this is one of the things I really like about these AI copy editors, is that every time they give you a change or a suggested change, they also explain the rule behind that change, sometimes linking to a whole article explaining the why behind the suggestion. This is really helpful. I've had editors edit my writing for a really long time, and most of them just assume that I know what the rule is, why the comma needs to go there. But I don't, or I didn't, not until I got Grammarly. Grammarly, very patiently, and over and over again, taught me the rules of commas. It still points out poor comma use, but I'm more likely to put a comma where it needs to be And now that I'm using Grammarly, and if I miss it, I'm more likely to get it fixed. So the two... The most popular AI copy editors are Grammarly and ProWritingAid. And I went and bought ProWritingAid just to review it because I know a lot of our listeners use ProWritingAid. So here's my little mini review of Grammarly versus ProWritingAid. Grammarly is geared more for blogging and nonfiction, while ProWritingAid is geared at fiction. And I've used them both now for a little while. I've been using Grammarly for years. I've been using ProWritingAid for a little while. And I will say a pro writing aid spell checker is not nearly as good, but it's grammar checker is a little bit better. It's a little bit stricter on the usage, which is kind of funny because uh, Grammarly has the word grammar right in the name. <laughs> they both integrate with Scrivener now. Only Grammarly integrates with Vellum. Neither integrate with ConvertKit, which is a little bit annoying. But to be fair, it's ConvertKit's fault. ConvertKit uses a weird editor that's incompatible. The reality is they're both really good. Pro writing aid is a little bit cheaper on a per year basis, and it also offers a one-time purchase option where you buy it once and you have it for a lifetime. Or I think technically you have it for 50 years, which I think for most of us is a lifetime. <laughs> so they're both a million times better than the spell checker built into Scrivener or Word. I was expecting to have a stronger opinion about which is better, but I think the advice I gave before, which is Grammarly for nonfiction, pro writing aid for fiction, is still the advice I would give. Uh, they're both really good, and I have affiliate links for both in the show notes. The next thing AI can help you with is quality control. There's a couple of ways AI can help you with quality control, and the first is text-to-speech. One great way to improve your writing is to listen to it read back to you by an AI voice. This is kind of along the old advice of read your book out loud to catch the typos. But the problem with reading it out loud yourself is that sometimes you'll read what you meant to write rather than what you 
actually wrote. <laughs> and when you hear the AI, which isn't going to interpret and put that is in there that you forgot to type, it'll jump right out at you and you can fix it. This helps with both developmental edits and copy edits, right? You'll start to hear the same phrases over and over again. You'll, need, you'll know, oh, I need to take that out. But it will also help you catch words that are wrong. Or it'll help you catch words where it's a correctly spelled word, but it's the wrong word. This is actually something that both Pro Writing Aid and Grammarly are really good at catching. If your book can sound great when read by Siri, you know you have a winner. <laughs> I recently interviewed best-selling author Angela Hunt and about productivity and how to write faster. She's sold millions of copies of her books and written dozens of copies. And one key part of her process is listening to Siri read her the book. She turns away from the computer. She prints out a copy and she has a paper copy of her book. She listens to Siri read her her book and then she marks with a pen on the paper (laughs) all of the changes she wants to make after hearing Siri read it. And then she goes in and does an edit. I think that that is an incredible practice and one that helps her improve her quality and draft faster. You'll just catch so many more things that way. Both Mac OS and Windows have screen readers built in. So just look for text-to-speech in the accessibility section. I'll have links to the how-to guides for both of those in the show notes. And also back to the dictation, I'll have links for tutorials and turning on dictation. So both screen reading and dictation both come for free. You just toggle them on. And then often with just a keyboard command, you can have it read to you. You can also go to websites like naturalreaders.com which will offer the robots for free. And if you want the human sounding narrators, it's a small fee. Speechify.com will even read it to you in Gwyneth Paltrow's voice. (laughs) So they have a deep fake of Gwyneth Paltrow, but they paid Gwyneth Paltrow to use. And it's surprisingly sounds like her. So if you want to hear Gwyneth Paltrow reading your book, you can pay Speechify and she'll read your book. Another quality control thing that AI can help you with is plagiarism checking. This is one area where the AI is just hands in a way better than a human because an AI can compare your book against all books ever written and see if anything was quoted out of context or uh, attribution was not given. And it can do it basically instantly. So I think every book needs to have a plagiarism check. It's really easy for accidental plagiarism to work its way into your manuscript. It's not going to help you with on purpose plagiarism because if you're plagiarizing on purpose, then you already know you're doing it. <laughs> uh, but it's easy for it to happen accidentally or something that you thought was an original idea is actually word for word somebody else's idea. So, you know, run the check. Grammarly and ProWritingAid um, both check for plagiarism, especially at the higher levels. But there's also Scribber.com, not spelled the way you think it is. So check the <laughs> check the links in the show notes. It offers plagiarism checking for a one-time fee. I think it's like, I don't know, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, which seems kind of expensive. But let me tell you, it's way cheaper than ending up in court or worse, getting kicked off of Amazon. All right, so now let's talk about AI for marketing. As I record this, AppSumo, which is a website that I use for a lot of these kinds of tools, has dozens of AI marketing tools on sale from various companies. And every week there's a new AI tool that they're announcing. So most AI tools are normally monthly subscriptions, but one advantage of buying one through AppSumo is that it's a one-time purchase for lifetime access. So right now they have AI tools that can write Facebook and Amazon ad copy, manage Amazon ads, draft blog posts, write social media posts, do market research, do search engine optimization for your website, and more. Each one of these is its own tool, and I'll have affiliate links for each of them in the show notes. 
uh, writer, which I was talking about earlier that I use for those narratives. As I normally use it for nonfiction and marketing type tasks. And I bought it on an AppSumo deal. It's, it's not available as an AppSumo deal anymore, but I was able to buy it one time and I, don't, I have access to the tool without having to pay a monthly fee, which is particularly useful for AI tools because one of the reasons why AI tools tend to have a monthly fee is that they're very computing power intensive. And also the tool that you are paying for, so you're paying for Scribber or Grammarly, those are using a AI engine like GPT-3 or something like that that they have to pay for on an ongoing basis. So every time you hit the database, so to speak, it costs you money. So it's nice when you can get a one-time payment. And the downside of AppSumo or, or part of the model of AppSumo is that it's only for a limited time. It's kind of like Groupon. It's often when a, a service is kind of new and they're trying to get off the ground, they'll do a big AppSumo deal. They'll bring in a bunch of money and a bunch of users. And then the plan is, like what's happening with Writer right now, <laughs> for people who got the AppSumo deal to recommend it to people who can't get the AppSumo deal. So you can get Writer if you want, but there's some tools that are very similar to Writer that are currently on sale, some of which use the same GPT-3 engine in the background. So do check out those affiliate links. The world of AI tools really is really exploded just in the last couple of years. We went from it coming soon to being here now, which is really exciting. Uh, now, you may be feeling not excited. You may be feeling overwhelmed. And if you're still doing everything the hard way, all of the tools I've recommended may seem a little overwhelming. So you're like, gosh, I'm basically using my computer like a typewriter with a spell checker built in. If that's you, don't worry. You don't need to use all these tools and you don't need to use them all right away. My recommendation is to pick one and use it <laughs> until you're comfortable with it and then add another. And I think the easiest one to start with is either Grammarly if you're nonfiction or Pro Writing Aid if you're fiction. You're already using a spell checker and this is just a super spell checker. And that will get your foot in the door. It'll probably make the biggest difference of all of these tools. And then once you get used to using Grammarly, you're not stressed out by these more robust suggestions. And they're just suggestions, right? You don't have to do anything with the green squiggly if you don't want to. And you can ignore it if it's wrong. And it is sometimes wrong. So you still need to understand the rule. <laughs> it's nice that Grammarly links to the grammar rule written by human. ProWriting it does the same so that you can make your own decision. But anyway, start with those and then pick the area where you're weakest. So if you're really weak on outlining, pick the outlining tool. If you're really struggling with writer's block or you get stuck a lot in your writing, perhaps check out PseudoWrite. If you really need help with you know developmental editing, check that out. Just get one tool, add it to your mix, get used to it, and then add the next one. Do it one at a time. Once you fill your tool bag full of these tools, it really will give you an advantage. There's two kinds of people who work at Amazon. The first kind of person works for the AI. The AI tells him which box to pick, where to turn the car, and whose house to drop the box off at. These workers, their boss is an app running with AI running on their phone. And some of them even get fired by the app. The app tells them there's no project for them today, or there's no project for them ever. Uh, the second kind of person working at Amazon is programming the AI. <laughs> they make a lot more money and they are not having to pee in bottles. <laughs> so what has already happened at Amazon will happen across all of society over the next couple of decades. The robots are not going to replace us. I think the net of jobs is probably going to actually increase 
if we look at technologies in time, the technologies that make us more efficient also create demand even more so. So mechanized looms and sewing machines created more sewing jobs, not fewer. The robots aren't going to replace us, but they are going to separate us. And they're going to separate us into people who have the AI as their boss and people who have the AI as their employee. Or to be overly dramatic, AI will either be your master or your slave. <laughs> so if you want the artificial intelligence to work for you, Rather than the other way around, you need to learn how to use it. The people whose AI is going to be their boss are the people who put their heads in the sand right now. They get scared, and eventually they're going to have a phone that just tells them what to do. You need to stop making excuses about how it makes you uncomfortable. The really poisonous AI is the AI you're using every time you swipe up on TikTok. <laughs> That's the poisonous AI, and you're already using it. That's the, or rather, it's using you. It's programming you. It's uh, inserting messaging into your feed of things to make you think certain ways. Uh, I may do a whole episode on TikTok because there's a lot to be said there. And the reason why TikTok is gobbled up market share from the other social networks is because they have the better AI. The good news, though, is that AI makes writing books easier <laughs> and it can allow you to write a better book easier. And if you can write a better book faster using AI tools than you can doing it the hard way with just a word processor, why not? <laughs> why not write better and faster? And this is going to mean in the long run, the publishers and readers are going to eventually expect this higher quality. So why not just give it to them now? I want to give a special shout out to everyone at authormedia.social who helped with this episode. I posted about a week ago asking authors what AI tools they were already using, and we've been having a very lively discussion there. And so for those of you reading that thread, some of what I'm talking about here is not going to be a surprise. And if you want human help with AI tools, go to authormedia.social, www.authormedia.social. I'm going to give a special thanks to Darlene N. Bocek, who wrote a whole essay about how she's using AI images in her creative process. She's the one who did the book cover just using AI. And if you haven't been to authormedia.social recently, you're really missing out. That is where the party's at. <laughs> uh, this is one of the more expensive episodes I've ever produced, both in terms of time and money. Testing AI tools is not cheap. So I'd like to especially thank everyone who supports the show on Patreon. With most things, food, movies, books, uh, you pay for it before you know if you like it. Not so with this podcast. With Novel Marketing, you get to listen to the show for free and then decide how valuable it is for you. If this podcast has helped you advance your career, consider becoming a patron to support future episodes. Patrons don't just get a good feeling knowing that they keep novel marketing on the air. They also get a bonus episode every month. Our most recent bonus episode was about marketing in a recession. I felt it was too controversial for the main thread. So I talked about marketing in recessions only for patrons. <laughs> and at higher levels, patrons get access to the podcast host directory and more. And if you can't afford to become a patron but still want to support the show, you can. Just use one of the affiliate links in this post or at authormedia.com slash recommendations. The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Our producer is Lori Christine. This episode's audio was edited by the AI inside of Descript and by William Umstadt. And the blog post version was generated by the AI inside of Descript and Shauna Lettler. Again, the AI is not coming for our jobs. It's just making our jobs slightly less annoying. <laughs> to read the blog post version of this episode, visit authormedia.com slash 337. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.